Uh, welcome in, everyone, to another Blue JB post-game show. Um, this is Matt DeMarinas, joined by John Niatawa from the Omaha World Herald. Um, we're going to dive into Creighton's 58-57 loss to Arizona State to wrap up non-conference play. And uh, maybe get you ready for Big East play coming up here with uh, Villanova coming to town on Friday. Ready or not, I guess, right? Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> um, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what to make of this one, so help me out a little bit. But I felt like um, coming off the BYU performance uh, that there would, you know, that they would be confident for one thing and maybe have some things figured out on the offensive end. Uh, but once again, you know, physicality and length yeah. threw everything out of whack for them offensively <laughs> after a really good start to the game. Um, and the quickness. So it wasn't like anything we haven't seen when the Creighton has faced teams like that. They've, they've been able to string two or three good possessions together to start the game, and then the other team responds, settles in, and the game kind of turns, into, turns a into a rock fight, right? So we've seen that story before. The Jays just fall short in this one after – Winning a couple of those ones early. What did you feel like was some of your main takeaways in terms of why um, the game played out the way it did and also resulted the way it did? Yeah, it just felt like Arizona State. I, I mentioned quickness, too, because I just thought that yes. they were um, – um, They blew up so many ball screens that mm-hmm. I lost count. <laughs> yeah. And it felt like a lot of possessions were creating – like. You're looking up, and it's like 10 on the shot clock. It's like, has Creighton even run any offense? Yeah. like attacking offense to where it really forces the defense to move. It just didn't – it just felt like there were a lot of possessions where it's like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they're in almost desperation mode. Somebody's got to make something happen, and the shots a lot of times weren't great. Um, I mean, I thought it was just telling – Creighton hasn't been a good three-point shooting team, and a lot of times when Creighton has had its best offensive runs or spurts, it hasn't attempted a lot of threes. Um, and in the second half, the Jays were uh, – of their 23 field goals, 12 were threes. Mm. And I, I felt like that was kind of telling just because that's not what they really want to do. They'll do it if they – if it's open, they're going to take an open jumper because you can't turn that down, mm-hmm. although they did turn down a couple here in this one. But um, I think that – I mean, I just think teams are going to – we were we were talking about this a little bit earlier in the season, like – Creighton was living and and having a lot of success inside, whether it was driving to the rim or working through its bigs, and how would they respond once they faced, you know, a little bit um, more committed defensive team uh, with more length, with more quickness, with a lot of tenacity, mm-hmm. and it made the perimeter passes a little bit tougher, made driving a little bit diff- more difficult, and. Took away your big A little bit's being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They made it. They made a lot hard. They feel like yeah, every even, even passing the ball on the perimeter was difficult. That kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't. I didn't. I. I Arizona State wasn't a high turnover forcing team. Right. I knew that they'd play with a like lot the of one seventies right. turnover rate defensively. I knew that they would like get back on defense and they block a lot of shots. So like your first drive. Most likely, the help defender's rotating over, and you're going to have to give the ball up. Like, you're probably not going to mm. be able to get a lot of first action buckets. Mm. But uh, 
I mean, they were able to sustain it the whole the whole game, and so that 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 surprised me a little bit from from them. But you know, they were ready to go, and they knocked Creighton out of rhythm, and the Jays never found it. Yeah. Um, just one question off of that: uh, Do you think that that Creighton got a little three happy based on the way those first what? Not maybe first initial, but those two possessions early in the second half where they got really clean rhythm threes off of great ball movement when they did force rotations. Um, I think they had like a driving kick that had a one more after it that led to an open three that Creighton hit, and then there was one where, um, you know, the ball moved inside and around the horn a couple times, and then on the third good possession it led to a aggressive closeout that Arthur Kluma attacked right. baseline and finished with a reverse layup. After that, you know, Creighton comes down in transition, Alex O'Connell pulls up yeah. for a three that he misses. I think he airballed it, went out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. And then stopped the clock, so or stopped the game under sixteen timeout and then Creighton was up um, eight at the time. Yes, they with were, the ball. Yeah, exactly. So you know getting uh <laughs> You know, pulling up from three in transition isn't exactly something that Creighton hates to do, but maybe in that situation you'd, you'd kind of be more mindful of the way you've created offense up to that point with ball movement. and um, Especially if you're in, tra- in transition, you have a better opportunity to get downhill into the paint, um, and one pass creates rotations, and then you can maybe get a better look than just a pull-up three against a defense that's on its heels, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt like, well, I, it, I felt like after Arthur's... Um, basket at the rim, like Creighton's shot quality went like kind of just went and took a nosedive in, in some regards and I wonder if uh, well, that's, like the way that started yeah. the way that half started for them just kind of maybe fed into just a little bit of uh, uh, lax in terms of how they actually accomplished um, those successful possessions Well as it turns out that might have been the most important stretch of the game Creighton's up eight mm-hmm. 40 to 32 and it's next three possessions where you know the quick three that O'Connell missed and then the next two trips on the court were really long sort of laborious possessions that ended with like desperation yeah, three Hawkins quarters had to shoot a deep one to end the shot clock and so did Nemhard on the possession yeah. before right. and <clears throat> while that's happening three straight possessions three threes all misses mm-hmm. Arizona State scores in three straight possessions and cuts mm-hmm. the lead to two and the momentum's gone and then it's like kind of uh, back and forth, and eventually, like, I don't know, a couple minutes later, Arizona State goes on that 12-2 to two round and flips the game a little bit there. So, um, but I don't know if, you know, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but I, my general thought was just, like, they didn't have anything else. And so <laughs> it was it was tough to get yeah. the high percentage looks inside, so they had to, and some of those threes, not the ones at the end of the shot clock, but some of the threes in in the second half weren't bad shots. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, you're not hitting. And can you get something going downhill? But they couldn't. I mean, that's that's the thing. Arizona State plugged it up, and Creighton couldn't find a way to um, yeah. I don't break know. it down. It's, 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 it's going to be tough because I'm, I'm going to be interested to go back and pick this one apart in terms of how much uh, – like how much quality um, attacking? Maybe I'll put it that way. Did Creighton do early in the shot clock? Um, I think it's a good question I'm because not sure because it didn't because feel like a lot. That's what I'm saying because yeah. I feel like they were, I feel like their late shot clock, uh, like the shots they had to take late in the shot clock were more of a byproduct of them not 
executing just, you know, any type of movement that would compromise a defense that's kind of loaded up to you in the first place. Like, yeah. they kind of just would dribble around. There was a lot of screening, rescreening going on because they weren't um, executing the mesh point properly. Like, you know, Arizona State was blowing up ball screens left and right. Like, and Nemhard would constantly have to kind of just back out a little bit, reset the screen, and, you know, try to create the leverage that way. Like, I thought it was interesting that Hurley said he wanted his guys to be violent yeah. <laughs> with the ball. They, I mean, they were really aggressive yeah. with, like, making sure they stayed in front of Nemhard at all times. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, just in general, I mean, like, at one point, it, the fouls were 10-3 to 3 in the second half. Yeah. And I think teams are going to be okay with that. Like, they're going to sure. – they're going to say, we're going to sacrifice giving up some free throws, knowing that we could definitely disrupt everything Creighton's trying to do by just, you know, pushing and shoving and yeah. slapping wrists and just being handsy. Like the dare you to call a foul on every play type of, type of defense. I don't, think, super Arizona, aggressive I don't like, think Arizona State was as aggressive as Iowa State in that way. Yeah, no, no, no. But – um, yeah, they they sure. did they, they did push limited times oh, and like sure. you know there were there were stretches where you looked at Creighton's bench and they were like you know we're getting fouled mm-hmm. Ryan Haw- Ryan Hawkins got fouled on the post on like a, a help down or, or maybe a reach or something like that and he he kind of clapped and nodded at the ref with like seven minutes ago like thank you like mm-hmm. you called it finally because mm-hmm. um, it was happening a lot but I think they're just gonna see that. Yeah, I mean, I think teams are that like the blueprints out. That's what teams are going to try to do. Not not every team can execute it the way that Arizona State could mm-hmm. or the way Iowa State could. But then but, again, a lot of the teams. I mean, almost every team Creighton's going to face the rest of the way can, in some regard, do it that way. Yeah, I mean, like St. John's is going to St. John's is going to bring pressure on the ball. Uh, Seton Hall's got really good length and they're intelligent. Like, yeah, defensively. Did, did you see Villanova is BYU tried it in the second half? Like they. They, yeah, they they tried to up the level of their physicality. When it ended, they ended up just like pushing people down and mm-hmm. shoving them, and like it was kind of almost they kind of crossed the line a little bit. Yeah, um, but even that did slow down Creighton's offense a little bit. It did. That, I think you know when I think about it from that game, like I just don't think I thought Creighton was always um, winning the battle of physicality in that game. It just like. I don't ever felt like I feel like even when BYU ratcheted it up and did start to play like a lot tougher and a lot more physical, like it never really bothered Creighton enough to flip the game. Yeah. Like BYU got within ten, but like Creighton still was able to execute when it needed to, and I feel like that's how you can tell if physicality yeah. is wearing into you or not. Is like, do you get panicky and start to force things? And gotcha. I just never felt like Creighton got to that point. But tonight they did. Mm-hmm. Like they got. You know, they got – I don't they, – they were searching for their rhythm all night. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they it, were, it was very few stretches where they felt like, oh, yeah, they're flowing now. So they had three straight possessions at, at the start of the game mm-hmm. with points. They didn't do that again until the final two minutes. Yeah. You had the Kalkbrenner and one. The next play down, he Kalkbrenner gets a dunk, and then Nemhard's two free throws. throws. Yep. Three straight possessions with points. That only happened twice in the game for Creighton. Now, yeah. Arizona State only happened twice, too, but you're right. looking at Creighton as an offensive team. And, and, and you know what? That's the thing. Like, I find myself I, – I, I think I said it when it was 52-50. I'm like, you know, you got like, you got to give Creighton credit there because when the going gets tough, they they punch back. You know what I mean? they On the defensive end of the floor. Like we've we've seen teams that are young Creighton teams over the years, the ones that aren't quite haven't quite gelled yet. The fifteen sixteen squad, um, the the seventeen eighteen no no not seventeen eighteen the eighteen nineteen team um, for sure, like where 
you get down to the nitty gritty and a team has kind of flipped, like grabbed momentum, even in the CHI. And like Creighton just doesn't have the the grit on the defensive end of the floor to string together one, two, three stops and give its offense a chance yeah. to just make a play and flip the momentum of the game when the crowd is just like on, a, on, on the edge of their seat waiting for something to cheer about, right? I just feel like that's what this team kind of deserves credit for at this point because it has kind of been the one consistent thing with them is they will figure out a way on the defensive end to make plays that give themselves chance to win chances to win games. Like, you know, uh, like Colorado State is the only game that they just couldn't ever get within, you know, a possession or two where it where where it mattered down the stretch. Yeah. But Iowa State and Arizona State were games that could have been won with better execution than down the stretch on the offensive end because of um, the way they were getting stops defensively. And I know there were mistakes defensively, but I just feel like, you know, when the game was there to be flipped with that, like that four-minute to maybe minute-and-a-half stretch, like, you know, when you get down to the under four and, like, what's, what's, the, what's the score with 90 seconds left, you know? Like, I just think... Creighton did enough defensively to to win it in that moment, and just because they didn't execute offensively, they allowed themselves to, you know, be one mistake away from basically losing the game, and it was ultimately on a back cut. They were a little bit over aggressive at the mesh point and got back cut for an easy layup, and then you know Hawkins gets fouled, misses the front end, hits the second, and you know then they uh, <laughs> then they you know they, they Charles Alexander gets called for that foul with the what? Two seconds on the shot clock. Nine yeah. seconds left in the game. Yeah. And then, so they had to, you know, play the foul game after that, and then they were left with 6.4 seconds left for, at a full court execution out-of-bounds play. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, that's a rambling answer. But um, defensively, I feel like this team's where it needs to be at this point. Like, through 11 games, I think this team can win games on the defensive end if it just executes better offensively. Just yeah. a little bit cleaner possessions, better movement earlier in the shot clock. Get those rotations happening quicker, and you know you'll find good shots out yeah. of that. And I, and when they found good shots, I'd take their chances on, you know, that right. winning more often than it doesn't. I mean, ultimately, this game is going to be really good for this team because what they saw tonight, they're going to see, like you mentioned, a ton in Big East play in mm-hmm. terms of that defensive approach. And uh, sometimes you got to go through, you got to take tough losses to really. Put yourself on high alert because mm-hmm. possessions are so critical. Yeah, especially like a lot of times it doesn't feel like it's a big thing, but like one of the um, that twenty sixteen seventeen team before Maurice Watson went down. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that was so impressive about that group was like they put teams away before the game. Yeah, and 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 you know what else? What other team there was, was always good at that? A, there was always a knock you out run. The the team that won the Big East title was good at that too. <clears throat> yeah, like they could put teams away before when it, it got before to it got time. to crunch time. Like they weren't in a lot of close games because they just could sense it teetering, and when they sense it teetering, they were just like mm-hmm. attack mode, boom. Yeah, and that was noticeable tonight because there were a couple moments I feel like late in the first half when Creighton had some momentum and could have stretched it maybe to. Mm-hmm. It's lead a little bit more than just six, and then obviously right in the early stages of the second half when it's up eight, um, and just not able to gain some separation. And so, I guess it's 
Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Arizona State scored two points over the final four minutes of the first half. Yeah, Craig only scored eight. Like, yeah. see, what I mean, like that that separation isn't where it needs to be to right. put a team on ice. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I totally agree that there's a game within the game. And, and we, can, we can dissect the end of it at all we want. Right, right. The end like, of it is like it's always intriguing because you go possession by possession. Yes. There's so much. Everyone kind of remembers it, but right. a lot of times the game's not won or lost. Then right. I mean, technically it is obviously because yeah. it's the end of the game. It's the final moments. But right, yeah. you didn't have to get to that point because of other things. That, yes, I mean, the whole complexion would have changed. I agree with you. Execution been different, and that's why I just feel like the great Creighton teams that we've seen. One of the reasons why they've been great is because they can recognize in moments where the game is in sort of uh, where the opponents may be teetering, and they can yeah. just put it put it away right then. Mm-hmm. One thing you said in that that I want to kind of follow up on is, like, you think this win, this loss, I guess, is uh, is going to be good for them as, a, as one of those lessons they need to learn along the way that makes them better um, in Big East play. And I guess, like... Um, my follow up would be why do you think that? Like, what's, well, what that. are some of the things you see in that that you feel like they're going to take away and, and utilize instead of internalize? Yeah. Because like, there's a lot, honestly, like when you read the body language of the guys, and like, I feel like this one hurt more than Colorado State or, I mean, we didn't see him after Colorado State, but yeah. I feel like they can, you know, compartmentalize a 23 game from your opponent better. And a, an Iowa State game where you feel like they just hit tough shots and we turn the ball over too much and wash it away quicker than you can this one where you miss two front ends, you get beat on a back cut off of a simple little like interchange on the wing. Um, um, yeah, you give up an offensive rebound here or there that, you know, just like there's so many plays that you feel like could have changed this one and made you feel better about it at the end of the night. Like I just feel like they feel a little bit sicker than the first two losses, and I'm curious. Yeah, that's probably true. What stands out to you in terms of like why this will be? Well, I think a part, good lesson for Big East. I, I think part of it too is that um, they felt like they had turned a corner on Saturday, yeah. beating BYU. Right. Um, and then you play an opponent that tests you in a little bit different way, but reveals some of the same mistakes that you thought you were over. So that's probably part of it why they feel frustrated. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. I just I feel like. <clears throat> I hate always looking back at the eighteen nineteen team, but it's a, to me it's such a good blueprint for how Creighton builds, yeah, and how Greg McDermott works with a team and helps them sort of grow during you, the course you cover of the 15, season. Sixteen, well, because you can look yeah. back at that one too. I wasn't there for that. I mean, that team that team literally lost to ASU with like they they missed two free throws in the final six seconds, and then ASU split a split pairs, and then they missed yeah. a they they had literally, they literally had like six seconds the same way they did the day. Yeah, and Maurice flipped it back to Cole Huff at the top of the key. He just left it short at the buzzer to win it. So, that, um, this, that's funny. This is funny. This ASU game was actually played out something similar like that, where missed free throws kind of cost Creighton right. a chance to 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 get over the hump, and then they miss a shot with six seconds. Yeah, left a full court runner execution type play. I, it, it just you gotta to learn a lesson. Yeah, it it just doesn't happen one time. You know what I'm saying? Like oh. oh. Turnovers hit hurt us today. We're going to clean that up. It'll never happen again. It takes a while to, like, for players to experience the game and realize uh, where their deficiencies are and how to correct them and how to counter certain things that opponents are doing. And um, I just, yeah, I feel like Creighton's got to go through you you want to say all oh, the growing pains are over, but they're not. They're not going to be over mm-hmm. for months. Mm-hmm. 
It might not be over the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it might it might take till the off season for them to yeah. for them to like process how everything happens. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you mentioned the eighteen nineteen team and the one thing that I'm thinking is like it's I mean, I am thinking it because Villanova's coming up, but like you remember how sick they were after the way they lost that Marquette game at home? Yeah. Like that's kind of what they feel. That's kind of the vibe I got from the night is like they feel like, you know, no no disrespect to ASU and the way they executed. You have to give them credit for that certainly, because especially on the defensive end, because they just never made it. They never, you know, like buckled on the end of the floor to allow Creighton to take advantage of mistakes. You know, um, but I think when you look at like just the way Creighton's gonna probably look at missing front ends. Uh, Turning the ball over in timely situations, like they had a a run out where, like you know, Ryan Nemhard turned the ball over, just like lost it in the air as he was bringing it down the court. And I think you're just gonna you see some of the same things in terms of how that game slipped away versus how um, that Marquette game slipped away. And then Villanova comes into town, and you know you're gonna try to like harness um, some. Like, hey, we're, we're we're we can beat this team if we just do certain things. And Villanova is not a team that allows you. Like, if anyone's going to take advantage of your lack of discipline, it's it's that team more than most. Yeah. So, you know, I think when Creighton looks at, you know, it just feels like they're they have the same type of feeling going into that game that they did when they lost that Marquette game. So it is, it's there are there are apt comparisons to that eighteen nineteen squad that in terms of like the way they've lost games so far right right yeah so we'll see how the thing about that 1819 team is it took them a full year to get maybe till the end of february to yeah. find that really no for sure like yeah probably mid-february they started to get their stride a little bit so the question, started to see what they what they were capable of a yeah little bit. um but you know as you noted like this team um does have a lot of grit and it They've, they've yeah, I think they. I think like if you were like doing comparisons, right? They have more grit than that team did, but they just they're they're a little bit f- further behind offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, uh, but I feel like it's only um right to at least <laughs> address it. So it's not an elephant in the room. But what did you think of the call on Trey Alexander that ultimately oh. kind of blew their whole? game plan of playing that possession yeah, out instead of having to chase fouls. I didn't think it was a foul. Based on the yeah. way the game was called. That's that, that's where I'm at. Like I, I could see it. That's what I mean. Um but I also I, I don't hate I don't hate that you call that. I just think it's a little bit inconsistent with the way that you've let the point of attack be defended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it'd be different if uh if you were really protecting the ball handler at that point when it's when the when the when it's like that trapping situation you know what I mean and so far away from the basket too you kind of like want him to really earn that and I mm-hmm. felt like there was a lot of um, mutual contact yeah. to allow that to just let that be a 50-50 play you know no one really had an advantage there but I, I, that I, it, it, that's that's the, honestly that's that's what I'll say about it from a diplomatic standpoint but you, like from a Creighton standpoint you've got to be able to Handle that because there are going to be mo- that's that, that's like what a, a play where you can't control right like if the rest blows the whistle you've got to be able to adjust and I thought you know Creighton at the at the what they were dealt with at that point you have to execute 
all right, we got we got to give three more fouls as quickly as possible, um, in order to give ourselves a chance to get down court in a hurry and get a good shot off, right? So. I thought from that standpoint, because ASU tried to execute some deep court stuff that would allow them to run some, you know, maybe a second or two off the clock that would have been costly. Um, so I thought, you know, Creighton did a good job of, like, not pouting and getting back focused on the task at hand, which is fouling three times and what, they had 8.8 seconds left after that point, like, to get three fouls off, right? I think, yeah. And it took them 2.4, 2.0. No, it took them two, exactly. Because wasn't it 6.8? I had, no, I had this, I had this. The game clock at nine. Okay. Point oh, exactly. So it took them two point two seconds to get to become at three fouls. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? That's. I didn't like that strategy, to be honest. Of. Of trapping. just playing it out. Oh, you thought I, they should have fouled right? I they, should have they, fouled. they started taking fouls to give yourself. My thought is, is at home on the road, I would have played it like that. But at home, with the crowd and the pressure of the game, and knowing that they would have to go one and one. Repeatedly, so say, mm. so say you're you have the pressure of hitting. That you're down end. one with 37 seconds. You're able to say it takes you seven seconds to use your fouls, even though Creighton proved that they can do it in a quicker time. Mm-hmm. So there's 30 seconds left, and they go to the free throw line with the front end of one and one up one with 30 mm. seconds left. I mean, even if they make two, and you can go down and get an still easy one, two, still one possession game, still one yeah. possession game. Say so you get an easy two, then they're going to the line again for another front end. Like you get a, you can use the fact that you ha- that they have to. There's so much pressure on that first shot. Plus, you know the arena is going to be yeah. alive and everything. So and plus, like if you just play out, let's let's just use the benefit of hindsight where they do, they did miss the front end ultimately. Like if you give all those fouls with 37 seconds left, um, you have the ball with a one point game and 25 seconds to execute something. Yeah, essentially. And you force them to put the ball in play, like. You know, under the under the basket, sort of uh, inbound the ball, which which is hard to do. Hard to do. And Creighton's been pretty good at like pressing and forcing teams. Potentially they did it against to, Iowa State late. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that. I mean, I would have played you it differently. You would have played it differently. Yeah. And in we the were, end, we were talking about that live. Like, what should we do here? In the end, it didn't end up mattering because what what Greg McDermott wanted was to have seven. To nine seconds with the ball down one, mm-hmm. and put the ball in Nemard's hands and let him go to work, and that's what happened. So, like that was what he hoped, and he got it. I just and you never know what could happen if you try to extend the game, but I just feel like in college basketball, you put 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 some guys on the line with pressure situations or force them to inbound the ball in a high pressure environment. Mm-hmm. They might. Mis- you're asking a lot of that team to be sharp to yeah. close it out, and yeah. maybe they do it. It did, it, did, it, did, it did work out to give Creighton a chance, and and Nemhard has already won a game like that. Exactly. So it's not like it's not like when you draw that up um, in your mind, it worked out any differently than the opportunity you ultimately created for yourself. Because you have that's what I'm saying. In, in the end, you have won a game like that before, right? In the end, I see exactly why McDermott did what he did. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I would have done it different. Yeah. No, I mean I could see both ways. Like I think there's a lot. I, I mean, we just played it out. Yeah. Like, where you give yourself 25 seconds to, you know, give yourself three options. Like, you know, or... It's kind of like fouling up three or letting them shoot it. It's similar in yeah, that way um, where, like, right. you... There's there's different outcomes no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantees. There's no one way to play it. And I would imagine that analytically speaking, you know... It, it probably doesn't favor any, any one way or the other. Yeah. But... Yeah. 
I wonder too, and I didn't. We didn't ask Greg McDermott this, but I wonder if it would have been better to not call your timeout underneath the basket and try to advance the ball to the half court line and then use it with like four or three seconds left. Would you rather have that situation, or would you rather go the full length of the court? I would rather. I would definitely not rather inbound the ball against that length. With only at the half, half the court, at half court, at half yeah. court yeah, that's probably I mean? fair. That's probably fair. Um, and plus, it had already worked. So yeah, I mean, if you had, if you gave me six point four seconds to aim on the ball, I might think differently. But four well, what, point, if, four what if what uh, if what if you didn't use it? Well, they didn't. No, you didn't use the timeout at all. You just played. Oh, off the rebound. Yeah, I would much prefer that. Yeah. Like I don't. I I, I like maybe use the timeout before you shot the free throws. Before you shot the free throws, because yeah. you ice him and you plan something. No. Like, you can come up with, like, scenarios. Like, okay, if he misses the first, um, and you get, like, first of all, at ASU you didn't put anybody on the free throw line either. I thought that, was, I thought that was an interesting yeah. gamble by Hurley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you're up, so you can do that. But you probably wanted guys back in case they, you know, because if you have guys up there and you lose the rebounding battle, you could potentially give up an, you know, a two-on-one down court yeah. if you're not back in time, you know, so. Or one guy slips, who knows, like, what happens. So you'd rather have – I mean, he played kind of a prevent defense on the rebound there, which wasn't a bad idea. It certainly planned for what you if they have didn't mapped out right here. Yeah. It's like if Creighton just runs this back at us after the rebound and they're yeah. ready to go execute something. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. That's kind of the, the – that'll be the fun of this game is, like, there's a lot of plays that you can be like, you know, what's the uh, – What's the but? Is it called the butterfly effect? Yeah, yeah. Change one thing, right? And, you know how it alters the how it alters the future. But like, in the end, like there's so many things you can go back and be like, hey, right? Don't get me wrong. Like we we did spend a lot of time talking about the end of the game, but I do think that the game was Creighton's chance to win the game happened well before. Yeah, that. like the best chance. To end win of the, the first game. half, start of the second. That was like, the, that was yeah. Creighton's best chance. Sustain to those. Sustain that momentum. For a longer stretch, yeah. and you, yeah, you make, you make ASU have to be nearly perfect for a significant stretch of the game to get back in. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll totally agree. I only wanted to talk about the end of it because it's just well, like, it's, it happens. Yeah, so, every, yeah. Everyone's thinking about yeah, it. I know. Yeah. So because there was a lot of like, you know, um, people who obviously didn't like the call, and like I just think you can, you have to understand it in that situation because it is a like there there is a. I mean, both guys were running into each other, yeah. like, so you basically the the official has to determine who had the advantage. Was right. it the guy, you know, was it the ball handler who's using his off arm, or was it the defender who's, you know, a little high in his hips anyway, not really moving, you know, he's not really low in his stance, and he's kind of riding the defender with his with his hips. So like, he, it's 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 one of those like it's in the fifty fifty area, and you can go offense, defense, or no call. Like, so you kind of you. you it's one of three results, and it went. It didn't go Creighton's way, but yeah. it's not. It, it, it's not the ended. decider. Like, there it, it, were, like you said, yeah. it, there were other moments in the game that could have decided it when Creighton was in control, yeah. and they didn't do it. So, yeah. Um. By the way, we didn't talk about this, but I did feel like just generally, I agreed with Greg McDermott when he said his team looked tired, and I thought that that was the uh, effect of Arizona State. Like they. Their offense required a lot of Creighton defensively mm-hmm. to, like, chase those guards around. They'd come up from, from, like, the baseline and, like, go around a screen and catch the ball on the run. And they it just seemed like they had a lot of movement. And those guys are quick 
to stick with them as much as Creighton's guards had to do. I think that took like I think it wore on them as the game uh, yeah. unfolded. Like I'm with you there. I think the game made them tired. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if they yeah. were tired going in. No, 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 no. I agree okay. with that. Yeah, okay. I just felt like it was a tough game. Yeah, like yeah. long possessions on both ends, physically demanding. Yeah, and mentally demanding too, yes. because you're constantly sort of like having to track these guys because you don't want to get them loose. They, if they if they can catch fire with their jump shots, you're in trouble. And obviously, they prove they can get downhill, um, taking advantage of maybe some overplays at times by Creighton. Um, so, I thought that that factored in a little bit. I mean, that. Creighton didn't get much out of its bench. They rode their starters pretty heavy, and they've done that a lot this year. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, it was pretty clear that the starters were the best at dealing with what Arizona State was throwing at them defensively. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of had to. They really miss best. like Sharif Mitchell in these types yes. of games, yes. don't they? Like yes. Can, this one for sure. And I mean, Iowa State, too. Well, he, he was there, but, one, but yeah, he like, was, I mean, right, yeah. he was like icing his leg. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd look over at the bench, he'd, yeah. like, get out of the game. and, and, and I Like, these are the games, like, he's made for in terms of, like, okay, you want to play this way? Like, we'll see. Yeah, you know we'll, I mean? we'll just six yeah. three on you. Exactly. I mean, it was this other Illinois game. Like, yeah. He was the yeah. reason right. that why they were able to be in position to make a run at the end because mm-hmm. of, you know, what he did defensively. So, yeah. Yeah, they missed him, definitely. Mm-hmm. Probably should have mentioned that a little bit earlier than, like, 30 minutes in. But. It's all good. We were getting to it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, it, was, it was on top of mind. Um, Hawkins and Nemhard were really good against BYU. Four for 19 for, what, eight turnovers tonight? It's actually, like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to avoid the habit of saying, man, it's amazing Creighton had a chance to win that game due to... XYZ, but like, man, it's amazing creating that chance to win that game with them being four for 19 with eight turnovers. Yeah, those two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, those are, I mean, two of the three best players, right? Cockburner being the other one. Would you say that's fair? So, like, if two of your, two of your, I mean, especially with your primary ball handler being one of the guys who's, you know, kind of treading water, if that, like, I don't know. Creighton needs them to be good most nights if they're going to be successful, right? That's, yeah. that's too – especially with the – without with, – with Sharif, you know, his status being – what should we say? Up in the air is the fairest way to put it, right? Like yeah. game to game, um, day to day. Uh, well, and, then, and then not really having a an option off the bench who can do what Hawkins does. So, like, you can't – Mix and match with those guys, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and Hawkins, like, he had so many good looks from three. To, so to go one of eight yeah. really stings. And then same with uh, O'Connell and Kaluma. I mean, I, I feel like O'Connell maybe forced that one trail three, but he had a couple good looks. Yeah. Kaluma, all his looks are great every, all the time from three because teams yeah, are just staring him to shoot. And he hit one early, too, which he I did. thought, oh, that's, uh, you know, that, you know, is that going to be a uh, – a spark for he hesitated on that one in the corner in the second half. I remember that was, was like, like one of their best possessions. Yeah, I was like, I mean, they, pull that. They they executed that flawlessly and got him a great look in the corner, and he just he hesitated. And yeah. then once you hesitate, you know it's. it's not. I mean, it changes the whole possession. Yeah. You need to reset. Yeah. So, Kaluma reminds me a little bit of DJ in that. Like, I wonder what it took DJ some time to gain his confidence. I remember yeah. was it his sophomore year or is it his junior well, year? His, where he started I mean, his slow. sophomore year started really well. 
and then he got hurt. Oh, that's right. Against Marquette in the first Big East so, game. So think, like his, but his junior year started slow because he he was still working his way back. Yeah, he wasn't that, fully so like, healthy. Yeah. So, but he, but like his hesitation, he uh, was Puma's hesitation is similar to DJ's hesitation his junior year. To and, start the and it was like DJ, good shooter. He's a yeah. good shooter. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't – he couldn't find that flow mm. and get that confidence. And he I had a double-double in his first game as a Blue Jay. Like, <laughs> yeah. people, like, people don't realize, like, when DJ was healthy, he thought he was a dude the yeah, whole time. Right. Yeah, he was like – And so I, I just feel like Kalum is that way, too, is he's got to get that – got to get that confidence and, um, you know, Davis and need him. Because teams are going to – if teams are going to dare him to shoot dead, he's got he's to take some of them. He's got to hit some of them. Uh, yeah, because, I mean – because he's good you, enough to do it. Like he's not. Yes. They're not saying don't shoot it. So no. they want him to shoot those in rhythm jumpers. So yeah. and he and he can hit them. Honestly, it'd be more. They'd be more mad at him for like for churning down the way that possession ended up in his hands, for hesitating there than he than if he had turned yeah. the ball over. Right. Like, yeah. You know, driving in traffic. Yeah. Like so that's more of like an unforgivable situation yeah. because the the the, the flow had, like, rewarded you with an open look in the corner. Like, the basketball gods want you to bury this thing in yeah. rhythm. You can't turn them You can't turn them down yeah. and expect something good to happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, where are we at? So, we've uh, we talked Hawkins, Nemhard, Psyche, Tino to this point, BYU. We just jump into Villanova, right? How... how, how- how do you feel? Well, here's my I, question. I've already given my Villanova take. Before we get to the Villanova, I wanted to ask you how. Oh, okay. Is this loss going to sting long term yeah. on the resume? I Oh, God, I don't even think Should we even think, Should we even talk about resume? Well, I, it's funny because it's funny I, 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 from now on, I like made a concerted effort to only use net rankings. So it looks funny when I'm saying like 170, 150 because you're like, what are you doing? I just don't. I'm. And this is is not, this a quad three game? It's not that it, I think it's a quad four. Game. Is it a quad four? It's a home game against one seventy six. So I think it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's quad four. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll give you time to dissect that or to process that. But yeah, uh, it won't end as it's quad no, four. I don't think. But, I don't. I, I'm with you on that. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because the Pac twelve is not exactly full of resume boosters, like right. So anyway, I'll answer that in a second. Um, my mindset is like. Not to disrespect former AP voter Johnny Atala here, but I'm like, if half the people that vote in the AP poll don't even watch like all the teams they're voting on, I just think I'm gonna give the net more credibility now that it's out and being updated every day. So like, yeah. As weird as it's gonna look like number eighty six Creighton plays blah blah blah, that's what I'm gonna keep doing because it just it builds the context that people need to know for the NCAA tournament. So until it's not a part of their resume or their resume doesn't matter anymore, I don't think I'm gonna reference like the AP ranking because it's just not important anymore. So, anyway, does this hurt their resume long term? I mean, <laughs> yes, in this regard, like offensive efficiency took a hit today, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you factor in how the net is calculated at the end of the day, but but ultimately, also, Creighton's net doesn't matter. What Creighton is in, the, I mean, it obviously can't be like net number one hundred. Yeah, 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 but. You can get in the tournament with what? What St. John's net? What was St. John's net when, when they, they got when in? They didn't deserve to get in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think they were like in the seventies. Yeah, with that awful non-conference schedule. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like that was, it like it was like seventy-five or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Maybe. I don't know. Like, no. I think it's going to be – I don't. I just don't think your season's going to hinge on whether you beat ASU or not because, like, there's just going to be too many opportunities in the Big East that yep. you'll be able to say, well, that's why yeah. it did, we didn't make it anyway. You know what I mean? Cause no I doubt. I just feel like – Well, and I think, I think that uh, – I don't think the committee punishes teams for bad losses. If you got a lot of bad losses, they will. Yeah, because then you're just like, why you why you have so many bad losses? Yeah, but the good thing for Creighton is, it, I mean, other than Georgetown and Butler at home, there's no other opportunity for a quote unquote bad loss. Yeah. On the resume anymore. I just think so. to to use like a, a low key theme, like there's just too many variants in a one point loss that the committee's probably not going to hold it over Creighton's head forever if they rack up. All these quality, like if they do like a Providence, a twenty twenty Providence type of second. Oh yeah. Remember how like twenty twenty Providence is the craziest season I can remember yep. of any Big East team because that non con was a disaster, a disaster. They got rocked by every good team they played and lost to some terrible teams. But in the second half of Big East play, they kept beating really good teams. Would they be Creighton, Nova, Seton Hall? They, they killed almost, Seton they Hall. Almost won the, almost won the league, title. dude. They almost won the league title. They were a game off from making a four-way tie. I, and they, they were like, I'm pretty sure they were going to make the tournament had there been one. Yeah, they, really were, think they, oh, were, they were definitely making the tournament. Okay. So, yeah. so, they were yeah. like be like so a their non-con resume was the, most, was the worst thing I've ever seen from an at-large that was going to make it. Well, see, um, now this leads us into Big so East play because one of the things about that year in 2020, I think – Every team at the start of Big East play, and I, I wish I had it on me, but like going in that year in 2020, every team except for Providence, Providence was like in the 100s in the net, but everyone else was like 85 or above, including yeah. DePaul. DePaul was like, like 12 and 1. Yeah. They went over Texas so, Tech, right? So yeah. Providence benefited from the Big East being strong because once it got hot, it just kept piling up quality win after yeah. quality win, and yeah. its ratings and everything improved because. It was only playing good teams and it was beating. Mm-hmm. It was winning games. Do you have the net right now? Pull it up, see what we what what it looks like in terms of a path to building a resume with just basically conference games? Um, yeah, I'll pull it up in a second here. Okay. But I guess my point is that I think that the Big East, wow, it's, it's probably better than I expected. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Right? Did you expect it to look this way? At this no, point? that's what I'm saying. It's better than I expected. Oh, it just seemed like you were like... Like you were wondering out loud if it is right. or not. Yeah. I think it's better than I expected. I actually, you know what I think it is? I think it's like worse at the top than I thought it was going to be and better at the better at the bottom. I don't know if I'd say that. I think Villanova is a little bit worse. Who's but... the worst team in the league? I don't know. Because <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know you, know you know why I'm glad you said that? Because I don't know either. And that's what kind of makes me think the bottom is going to be pretty salty. I guess no. Because I, I could see St. John's being the worst team in the league because they haven't done anything that makes me understand who they are. Yeah, that's true. And I also think if the worst team in the league has Julian Champagny and Posh Alexander, damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, I, I think the top is – I don't think it's fair to say the top is worse. Be, I mean, you could say Villanova is a little bit worse because I think that they are a little bit worse than uh-huh, I expected. Uh-huh. But – I think Seton Hall, UConn, and Providence, and maybe Xavier have proven that they are better than expected, and so like they are closer to the that upper tier of college basketball than I think than I thought Villanova is going to be an, on an island. Interesting, but now I think it's like up there with all those teams are up there. See, I'm not sure that Providence is better than expected, and I still don't love love Xavier yet. And then I think Seton Hall's better than I thought they were going to be. So that they, that's what I mean. There's more fill-in than there than I thought there was going to be. 
But I'm glad we opened that up because I was curious about it. So the Big East is number two in the net as a conference. Okay, Big East. That's pretty good. Um, What was your question? Like, what are the numbers? Yeah, like, how many... um, So, let's see, we got... uh, I think Georgetown and Butler are the only sub-100s, right? Wasn't, didn't they have nine yeah. of the top 11 in the top so, 85? Yeah, top 85, correct. St. Yeah. John's is 83 as the number nine team in the league. It's actually impressive they're at 83 with that schedule. Um, right, 0-2 against squad Especially because they haven't really kicked its ass either, so right. like their efficiencies haven't been. Um, Butler and Georgetown are outside the top 100. I kind of have a feeling Butler's going to creep up. But it's got to play Purdue tough to do that. Dude, you, know what's, you know what makes me so bad about Butler is I, I gave up on them publicly. Like I, 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 I watched the I watched the first half of Saginaw State Valley or something like that. Saginaw Valley State. Who do they play? Sounds it. Yeah. Sounds like a made up school, but go on. <laughs> they were up like one at half at home against Saginaw Valley State Tech or something, and then I was just like, I was wrong about Butler, and I was just like, I don't want to talk about them anymore. And then they went and beat Oklahoma on the road. It's like yeah. fuck, Butler. I gave up on you, and then you do something right. to reaffirm my original thought of you. So yeah, I do think Butler's going to get. You know, rolling a little bit, especially as they get healthier. Didn't Miles Tate play the other night? Finally, oh, that's the first time. I think so too. Yeah, Bo Hodges in there yet? Or no? I don't believe so. But um, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams in the top sixty going into tonight. I mean, Creighton's going to drop. They're at fifty-seven. They're probably going to fall. Yeah, Arizona State was one seventy something. So. They're probably gonna be. They'll probably be back where they were before BYU. I don't know if they'll fall that far, but maybe at home. The net does not like home losses nope. to bad teams, nope. according to its rankings. It hates and them. Arizona State is bad according to the net. It hates those losses. But I don't know Arizona State, man. Like they they play a really tough schedule. You look at what they've done. Like it's hard to. The efficiency is where is why they're so down. Man. Like you, you have a twenty nine point game. God, dude, that game exists. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna kill your metrics, but and people are mad at me because I said ASU was uh, dog water. What did we say? I think we said hot dog water. That's what we said. Um, then they came in and beat Creighton. Those people are angry that I like egged on karma. Oh, I see. But I'm like, what? They scored 29 points in a whole damn game. It was it was a it was a tough stretch for them. Washington State, not bad. Two sub 20 halves. <laughs> Two. Hey, I could forgive one. Well, I mean, here's the thing: when if they're if they're not committed to going inside the way they were against Creighton in the second half, mm-hmm. you saw how many jump shots they take. Yes, tough contested jump shots. I yeah. can I can see I, I've, after watching them, I can see how that happens. How you can see how you, they can score twenty nine points <laughs> yeah. in a whole basketball game, right? Yeah, with um, the shots they were taking. But I mean, it came on the heels of like. Okay, they obviously shouldn't have lost at home to UC Riverside. But they go to San Diego State. I mean. Yeah, close game. T- yeah. Close game, tough loss. They had Baylor, Syracuse, Loyola, Chicago on a neutral. None of those games, like, but they weren't supposed to win any of those. But were any of those games even competitive, though? I don't think they were. Were they? I mean. Which? I didn't watch Syracuse. I had it on the VR. We, we agree Syracuse isn't good, right? They're not great, but the the style that they force yeah, you to play, that's true. especially with this it's team. It's probably a nightmare for Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And uh, Loyola out executed. Loyola's pretty good. They executed the crap out of them. Like, Loyola's really good. They, they did not. They were not. What was the score of that game? Um, 70. 
it was double digits for most of the game. What was the final? 77-59. So okay. it was like Loyola was in control. I watched that game and Loyola was in control most of it. But yeah, and then, they, and then they, they, I mean, they rebounded from the 29-point dud to beat Oregon on the road, which, yeah. I mean, Oregon's got issues, but that's not a nothing. So maybe we should have, maybe I should have given Arizona State more respect than than the worst performance in college basketball history. <laughs> well, they got Would San Francisco be. at home next, so we'll see how they, uh, how much better they are. Oh, okay. How much more they That'll be interesting. San Francisco's like a, a little darling so far, aren't they? Undefeated. Yeah. So, yeah, back to the Big East, though. Okay, yeah. It's going to provide... That was a long answer to your resume question. Did we answer that properly? I don't know. Okay. Who knows? I'm sorry. But there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And so maybe that is the answer. It's just yeah. the Big East is so tough, and there's so many good teams that um, what where you are at the end of the year in terms of your resume is going to be defined by how you do in Big East play. Yeah. All right, we're at 48 minutes. Let's talk about Nova and the matchup, and then let's maybe give our general thoughts about what should we do our Big East power rankings, maybe, and wrap it up that way? Okay. Okay. Nova matchup, how do you feel about it? I mean... Well, I've watched Nova Baylor, so... I haven't done that yet. Oh, good. I'm excited to, though. <laughs> well, don't. Because um, you know what? You know, I don't know You know you what my preconceived idea of Villanova was before that game? Like, I don't think it would have led me to be surprised about the the performance because um did you watch an Nova Syracuse I did yeah so that, that's what I'm saying it's just similar um <laughs> I did watch Nova Syracuse that's why I, I thought that was game was really funny because it's Nova versus a, a stubborn ass zone and I'm like well this is like tailor made for them to have uh to hit 20 out of whack stats right yeah so they shot 50 of those suckers and Killed the offensive glass, and it's like, yep, yeah, that felt like it went like how I thought it was going to yeah. be, or how I hoped it would. I hoped they wouldn't hit thirty threes, so that I could see if they actually murdered Syracuse on the glass, and they did. Yeah, um, that's why I thought Nova versus a, a stubborn zone is pretty hilarious. Uh, dude, I don't, I don't love this Villanova team. I just don't. No, I don't. Th- I mean, I think you know the 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 conventional wisdom of. Um, most national college basketball pundits would have told you going into the year that Colin Gillespie being back and healthy, Jermaine Samuels being back in the mix, Justin Moore, um, you know, taking a, a gradual Villanova-esque step into his upperclassmen years would lead you to believe that they're like a consensus top four, top five team in a national title, final four type of contender. And... I don't know if that's their ceiling. Well, I mean, I think I th- let's just let me be fair. They, that could be their ceiling if they get the right matchups in the tournament, which is always a crapshoot. So my thing is, like, if you told me right now we're just going to throw the top ten in a vacuum and see who comes out, I would not bet on Nova because they don't have a big, they don't have a, they don't have, they don't have, a, they don't have any yeah, reliable no in- bench interior. whatsoever. Uh, no interior, they can't presence. score on the interior yeah. without Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And they really only have three guys who you can rely on to knock down threes, and only two of those guys can create their own offense off the dribble. That's what I was saying. That's one thing. So I don't love them from that standpoint. Now, they're tough, and they are really salty defensively, and they're going to make it hard on you. to As hard as it is for them to generate the type of offense that they've generated in recent years with their efficiency, they can equally make it tough on you. So that's their thing. That's what they'll hang their hat on, I think, in terms of just a short-term identity until they feel better about themselves offensively. But I just don't love 
I don't love them offensively this year. I just don't like how they're. I don't like how they're, yeah. how they're put together. Well, two things off of what you said. One is, um, it does feel hard to group them with the top tier of college basketball. I know they're like ranked ninth in the AP poll, and you hate the AP poll now. Poll now it's, suddenly. It's just, so. I, mean, I just like. <laughs> I have it lower anyway, in my power rankings than, it, anyway, my, than it used to be. They probably don't deserve to be that high because right. they've faced UCLA, Purdue, and Baylor and lost all of them. So I see what you're Side saying. Side note, did you see Andy Katz's power 36 today? I did not. Okay. I do not. Yeah, so just Click keep, keep your thought on top of mind. I'm going to be quick with this. He has Tennessee 31, <laughs> who have beaten absolutely no one and lost Texas Tech. And then he has Villanova 32. I think they have it like a – 16-point stumble. So he has Villanova at 32, and he says Villanova's best win is over Syracuse, and they're 0-3 in all their big games. Villanova dog-walked Tennessee. He did. Like, how do you not know that that happened? Anyway, continue. Um, so maybe, you know, Villanova's not there. But Jay Wright's teams, right? a lot of times, are hard to get a great read on in December, I feel like. I think that they, they get better – and tougher. There's no question about that. And like they, they, they just find that whatever it is, Villanova sauce in January and February. Okay. You know, and because th- there's been there's so been you years. Think there's, you think their ceiling is undefined? I do because there's been years. There was a was it two years ago when they got crushed by Kansas? What year was it? Oh, it got beat by uh, Michigan. Was that year they got oh, crushed yeah. by Michigan? Yeah, and, and they didn't have a great non-conference. They lost that year. five games in conference that year. That's true, and they got, and they got whipped by Purdue in the yeah. tournament. So maybe well, Carson Edwards basically. They still won Purdue the league, went though, along with I guess it, is yeah. my point. They won the league because Marquette, Marquette choked it away. <laughs> like, Marquette had four opportunities to win one game, and they didn't do it. They lost all four, wow, including so a senior day not, game, including not, a senior day loss to Georgetown. We're not giving Villanova any credit, huh? Well, not when you have four games to win one and you don't do it. <laughs> and you have Georgetown on senior day, like you, you know, not when that's the case. Um, in 2020, they lost, or yeah, 2020, the year that they shared the title with Creighton and Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. This was the year that I was thinking of. I'm, I, the oh, Michigan. Oh, this is the year you think. Yeah, of? the Michigan. They didn't lose the Michigan that year. No, that was two years before. Well, they had lost. They lost back to back. They lost to Michigan and Furman. Lost to Penn and Kansas. Maybe it was that year that I was thinking of. That is the year. Yeah, that's that's seven. That's eighteen nineteen. Yeah. So that was the year that, that I was. That was the year after they lost like four starters plus Steve Vincenzo mm-hmm. after the national title team. And so, so you forg- I forgave them for that. I didn't expect them to be, right. you know. This year's team has most of the guys back. So I think everybody expected them to be, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, my, I guess my like, point is that Villanova, I mean, the year after that in 2020, they lost to Ohio State. They lost to Baylor. Yeah. Beat Kansas by one. You know, had a couple kind of close they did games. Get, they did get whipped pretty bad by Ohio State that year. Yeah. You're right. The flaws sometimes show in non-conference for Villanova, and they fix it. And whether or not they're at that level of going to compete for a Final Four or whatever, I don't, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm going to say the jury's still out because I trust Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. But if you had to back me in a corner and force an answer out of me today, then I'd say no, I don't think they've got that because mm-hmm. of all the reasons that you've laid out. and Just, you know, shooting, not consistent, not having a, a play – enough playmakers in one-on-one scenarios and no interior consistency there, mm-hmm. a threat inside. So, But in the context of the Big East, I mean, 
They're still going to compete for a championship. Yeah, are, so. they, are, they, are they built to stay on top of that? <laughs> yeah, 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 what does that sure. mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, Because mm-hmm. uh, the Big East might not have a team that is, you know, that would that could produce a ceiling like we're saying Villanova mm-hmm. doesn't have anyway. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. Other than... So it could end up... Like being, maybe a healthy UConn. Maybe. Could end up being the, the race, the title race, or the title race, could end up being like that year yeah. in 2019 when Vill- or Marquette had... Four chances to clinch it and couldn't, and ultimately okay. tied with Villanova at like eleven and five for the title. Or did they <laughs> right. did they finish the game out? What? They, they did. They finished yes. the game out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't 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 un, don't bad, don't they, sell that choke job short. Yeah, they did not. They blew the tie for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, let me ask. Let's ask a follow up here before we give our like kind of keys to what we keys to success for Creighton and our Big East power ranking. So the follow up would be like. I don't even know how I want to like, phrase it. Like, nah, it's not a good conversation. Let's just let's just give our keys to the game for crazy. We'll waste too much time. Um, I was just like, watching. I was like, we can go down a big rabbit hole. Something <laughs> to bring up. Um, keys for Creighton. Are they like? They're gonna get this. They're gonna get this Villanova team who you feel like is gonna be better. It's actually in a, February and March in the first five. It's games. actually okay to get them. So, like when we thought this might have been advantage Nova to get a young Creighton team this early, maybe we were thinking, looking at, through it at the like looking through the wrong lens there. Maybe it's better for Creighton to get Villanova this early twice yeah. because maybe that maybe Villanova's ceiling, as we decided, undefined was the best way to phrase it. Like maybe it's a good thing that they don't get um, peak Nova. I would agree with that. Okay. Um, so yeah, what's our what's our keys then? Man, that's tough. Well, they got it. They is got Cre- it. Like you know what? Here's you know what I think the question is important. Is Creighton disciplined enough right now to beat Villanova? Yeah. Because that, isn't that always I the think key? They are defensively. Yeah. I don't know if they're disciplined enough offensively. Because I mean, I think you, if you can go through a game like this against Arizona State, where you've only fouled three times in the first thirty-nine plus minutes, that's pretty good. Yeah. And they didn't fall for a lot of BYU's pump fakes and, you know, the stuff. Like, BYU does a lot of things that are similar yeah. to Nova in the way that they try to take advantage of your mistakes. I think they I think they can do it defensively, but I don't know. Offensively, if I mean, they're going to have to make shots. Yes, they will. <laughs> Villanova will force them to take threes, and they're going to have to hit some. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, just the the toughness factor, like – Arizona State today, while Creighton was hustling, like I felt like Arizona State won the battle to 50-50 balls more. I just thought they were quicker to the ball. And there was a couple sequences where the ball, you know, you could argue, oh, it's just unfortunate that it didn't land in Creighton's hands. But it just it felt like when in those situations where Creighton needed to have it, like they had guys diving on the floor. I'm not, like, discounting Creighton's hustle. I'm just saying that. Arizona State was just there. And I think Creighton was putting effort in, just wasn't able to get to it. And if you do that against – if you can't get those 50-50 balls against Nova, just, you're not you're winning. You're not winning. <laughs> so, it's a wrap. And maybe it was just bad luck, you know, because sometimes it comes yeah, down to so, that. Yeah, sometimes, but there's also, like, you know, those those things are – that battle is won intentionally. You remember that, that was a play, like, right at, in front of our face? Obviously, it didn't end up mattering because I think – 
Yeah, right? Arizona so State got a timeout. Right? Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, Hawkins stripped it at the like forty feet, and the ball rolls through his legs and into like an air like. I don't know, an area of the court where an ASU guy was just there to dive on it first yeah. and roll over, call timeout, and got the timeout, get the ball. Right, and honestly, it didn't, because Crane got the ball anyway, but it's just like one of those, I felt like there were a lot of plays like that where mm. could have gone Creighton's way. I remember one in on an offensive rebound potential, or, or maybe Arizona State had it, and Alex O'Connell, like, comes flying in. You think he's got possession, and he doesn't. And all of a sudden, Arizona State's out running yeah. on, in transition because they got to it. Um, Kaluma what was, the, where was the What was the one? Weren't they up, like, six or eight when, like, Nemhard and Kaluma were running on the court in transition, and Nemhard threw it, like, off his calf? Like, wasn't that O'Connell? Was it O'Connell? I think so, the little handoff. That was in the first half. But I'm saying, hey, but, that's, that, that, you're, you're running in the open floor for the first time, you know, in ages, it felt like. And you have a lead, like you got to put that ball away, you know. Yeah, yeah. You got to at least you got to at least generate a good shot for yourself. You can't be turning the ball over then because it's in the quarter court. It's even harder to hold onto the ball because ASU's defense is loaded up to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, you're right. Like, but that's well, we, that's well, always well, part. Well, of what the was game the game where Raymond talked about? Like, the toughness goes two ways. Like, you know, Creighton has exhibited toughness on the defensive end of the floor. Um, when the margin is small and they need stops, but maybe not necessarily the toughness of being able to secure the ball and generate a good shot, right? Like, yeah. there's toughness. Two, it's on both ends. Yeah, Creighton's going to have to be really tough on the offensive end of the floor against Villanova. Yeah. Because Villanova's not going to, you know, blow coverages all night and give you um, – they're going to make you work for your offense. I mean, it'll be a lot like tonight, except I don't think Villanova has the – they have length, but they don't have like the quickness that Arizona State had to like really stick with you. Um, but they're gonna make it. They're gonna extend possessions out, and like you're gonna have to really work the ball they're, around. They're gonna throw token pressure at you to make you. They're not gonna. They're, they're, they're gonna get. By the time back. you get to the quarter court yeah. set, there's gonna be twenty fifteen right. seconds on the shot clock, or they'll just send everybody back to take away your transition mm-hmm. offense. Um, they also offensive rebound really well. Like they did, and they did. Honestly, they shoot like, so many threes. All those threes are long, <laughs> you know, like those misses. Like, well, but that's that long threes create what? Long rebounds. Fifty-fifty plays. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that'll be so keys of the game. Fifty-fifty plays. Does create have to break even or win it? No, they got to win it. Win it. Yeah. All right. At okay. home, you got to win it. Okay. Um, I think I agree with that. Even as much as I hate Nova offensively, I feel like they're going to shoot the ball. Like that, I, I, <laughs> you know what the thing about Nova is like, they had a horrific performance against Baylor, and I don't think it's like, um, not symptomatic of maybe some larger issues within their offense. But I do feel like they're going to be like Creighton's going to see their A game on Friday because they're not they're not putting two of those together in a row. They're just not. So, I had a stat a couple of years ago of Villanova coming off a loss. Oh it was boy. like remarkable. Is it? <laughs> I, I bet it is. I bet it's something. To behold. I wonder if I can find it. I don't think they. I, I think it's like 2011 since the last time they lost a conference opener too. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. What other keys did we? They're really that? bad in the second game though. You, you, they've lost the second game of the of the conference season more than you think. I bet. 
which I thought was interesting. But yeah, that opener that they, they don't use, they don't go all in one very often. <laughs> that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So our yeah, our remaining keys. I mean, what does Creighton's turnover number got to be? So we're we're like resigned to the fact that turnovers are just going to be kind of an issue that. At least for ha- now. Hamper, handicaps this team a little bit, right? Yeah. So what's that? Although it's weird, man, because you pointed this out at the end of the, the Iowa State game where they didn't turn the ball over. They turned over once in the final 10 minutes. Yeah. And then today, you know, they had nine in the first half. I mean, five they have in the five in the second it's half. Cr- they, and, get, they get, like, better with ball security as the game goes on. It's very strange. Well, they do adjust to it. That's Couple, part of well, it. The, I think the more fatigued you, more fatigued you are, the more mistakes you make, but they're the opposite. <laughs> Like they, may, they make their mistakes when they're But fresh. you could argue now when we – this goes back to what we were saying that one of the reasons maybe why they didn't turn it over is because they weren't aggressive enough mm. in the second half because okay. they were just so deterred to go inside and yeah. attack downhill that they they were conscious of not trying to turn the ball over and maybe took some aggressiveness out of their, mm-hmm. um, out of their attack. It's probably gonna be like a sixty-five possession game, right? So they they got to be what around a fifteen percent turnover rate to win, to give themselves a chance to win. What do you think Nova's gonna shoot from three? Big East opener coming off a thirty-six point game. I don't know, thirty-eight percent is that too high? I don't know. Well, give me. I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't. Maybe thirty. I mean, they're going to shoot a lot of them, right? So thirty-eight percent may be a little high. Yeah. Let's see what what's Phil Nova shooting this year from three. Thirty-seven point seven percent. Really? From three. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, look, discipline's the key to this one, right? Like the, that's the bottom line. It's not overly it's, simplistic. It's, it's discipline and toughness. Yes. Like that's because that's and we, what and we think and we think Creighton has toughness, they just don't have discipline. It's yeah. not consistent discipline anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. How? Uh, and honestly, confidence. Like again, I feel like this team's like, I I think this is season like this this game tonight was a low point. Like I don't think this I don't think this loss feels like the Colorado State, um, Iowa State losses does, or did, right? This one feels different. Hmm. I don't think they expected to lose tonight. Maybe that's the thing. Like, I don't think they expected this to be a toss-up game. I think they expected to roll in, feeling good off BYU, and to have, like, a springboard into conference play. And this game got um, more challenging than I think they probably maybe expected. I could be wrong, but I just feel like their mood is different than it has been for other games this year. Like, for the first time, I feel like they're they're wearing this one on the sleeve. Um so we'll see how they how they respond is going to be important because they need to put good practices together to get ready for Villanova too. That's something we've always noticed too is like how Creighton practices before Villanova kind of translates into their performance. So um, yeah, the Villanova thing. So they never lost a league opener. the The stat that I had two years ago was that they never had a losing record in league play. Like never because they've always won their opener, and like you said, maybe they've lost a second one, but they've never lost second and third. So. They, when I said this in 2020, it's maybe not as impressive as it used to be. Um, that's still pretty impressive. So 22 and five coming off a loss against Big East teams. So, oh, okay, 
That's you know, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. I mean, at the time, they were 16-2. and two. So they have five losing streaks in Big East play, is what you're saying? Yeah, and that includes the loss at the end of last year and then the regular season and to Georgetown in the first game of the Big East tournament. So. Oh. Oh, so you could, like, put So you could, yeah, you could say regular or... season only. You could say 22-4 coming off a loss in, in league play. So back-to-back league losses don't happen very often. But obviously well, this shit, is game stats one. stats even more impressive than if you factor in, like, Gillespie being hurt for those the last one. Yeah, they had a three-game losing streak last year in league play, right? Or two years ago. Last year. Was it last year? No, it was two years ago. It was two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. They didn't lose three straight last year. No, they didn't. They would have lost the title if they did. <laughs> That's right. They won the title. <clears throat> um, but they're, they're yeah. just – I mean, it speaks – one, they're really good, but they are tough to catch, you know. In it. They, they, they don't hit slumps very often. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, let's wrap up with our Big East power rankings. Should we start with ten and work our way up? There's eleven. First, first, oh, come fuck, on, man. sorry, I'm ridiculous. Should we work our? So let's start at eleven. <laughs> He's like, there's eleven. You said that Jay very, Wright messed up. Messed you said, that up. You said yeah. that very matter of fact. I'm today. just saying, Jay Wright messed it up, man. Yeah, but you were ready for that. You were like, you knew I was going to say ten almost. So is that? Do you agree? If we should start at eleven and work our way up. Sure. Okay. You can go first. Who's the Who's the worst team in the Big East right now? Uh, Georgetown. Yeah, that's a, that's probably a pretty safe call, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so John has Georgetown. What do you have? Yeah, I'll probably agree with you. I want to be mean to say John's, but I can't be that mean. Although, hold on a minute. What's a better win, Syracuse or Monmouth? <laughs> That's St. John's best win. <laughs> yeah, like Monmouth ain't terrible, but they're pretty good. What's Col- a better? What's or a- Colgate? Is Colgate the? Well, who be? Oh yeah, okay. They be Colgate. Colgate. Oh yeah, that's true. So what's a what's a? <laughs> yeah, let's let that be the decider then, shall we? Can I can I convince you of that? Yeah, Colgate beat Syracuse. So. Which one? Which which win would you rather have, Monmouth or Syracuse? I want Colgate. Well, they beat Colgate. Better. Colgate beat Syracuse and St. John's beat Colgate pretty handily. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so. Colgate's the one you want that over Monmouth. I guess. I guess. All right. I mean, at least they beat Colgate. Because Georgetown has some like, you know, St. John's the one the one saving grace for St. John's is they've only like lost to Indiana and Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, and Indiana was on the road, and it was a one possession game. Right. Um, so, and they showed some toughness in that game too, because like, yeah, they could have lost. Georgetown's like lost to Dartmouth, and that's kind of yeah. why I think yeah, the, so. the floor is lower for Georgetown. Okay. At least that's what it seems. Cause they're young, so kids. so maybe judging enough, the best win isn't fair. Then Georgetown's the worst team in the league. At this that's point. what I'm going with. Okay. Um, you want to do ten first, or you want to do ten first? Dang, the St. John's ten. Well, I, I'm going to say Butler. Whew. How the mighty have fallen. I know. Four. I had Butler fifth, I think, in my preseason. Yeah, I had him top four. So you got Butler there. I, I mean, they showed me something in that Oklahoma win. That, wasn't, that was good. That, wasn't, yeah. that, no that wasn't for the faint of heart. So I'm not going to have him this low. Hmm. DePaul's only lost. DePaul, DePaul, DePaul avoid disaster tonight. DePaul avoided disaster tonight. Good job, DePaul. Um, 
Yeah, they only lost to Loyola, who I think is pretty good. Better than maybe people expected without um, Porter Mosier. Um, dude, I think I'm going to put St. John's in that 10 spot. I think that's fair. Because they have, they have played a crap schedule. They've had some close calls within it. Um, lost their only two marquee opportunities. And we're not going to find out really who they are until Big East play. I think I'm putting St. John's 10. Because Butler, I think, deserves more credit for that road win against Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Let's go. You know? They're getting healthier, you know, like you said. Yeah. Maybe State played the other day, and Bo Hodges is still out. So, yeah, I mean. And then what are their losses? They lost to A&M, Houston. Michigan State. Michigan State. That's not. But the problem is is those games were just like. Well, they look terrible. No, no, no. (laughs) There's an eye test factor here too. Yes, they look. Was it they seventeen looked, to nothing against Houston? Like I felt like it was worse. Is that, <laughs> is that only as bad as it got? I felt like that was much worse. Um. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. There's an eye test thing to this too. The Butler has, like I said, I watched Saginaw Valley State Tech University. Saginaw Valley State. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was like a that was like a ball game at halftime. Like you know, I was like, what am I watching right now? Um. So yeah, there's a, yeah. Butler ten. So you put Butler. Butler I'm putting St. John's there because I'm giving. You, so I'm, you, gi- I'm giving Butler the edge on them via the win at Oklahoma. All right, so you put Butler nine then. Yes. I don't want to put St. John's at nine, but I think I have to because like I can't really well, make just, an you argument. Know, go through your reasoning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't make an argument of them over Marquette. Uh. I think Creighton's probably in that mix right now too, mm-hmm. right there. Can't make that argument. I can't. I can't do it. So, because they just don't have the resume. So St. John's is nine for you, and they haven't been like killing teams either. You know, That's with I'm, this yeah. soft schedule. Yeah, yeah, so, right. I think they, they could be in for a rude awakening when they start Big East play. <laughs> and people, yeah. that's what I'm saying. With St. John's, it's such an unknown that they could be. The top five team everybody thinks they are, or they could be much worse. It was just interesting to me the the narrative going into the year on them was like it was everyone was confident that they were going to be an NCAA tournament contender, and I'm like, why? They yeah. got two of the best players in the league, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But like, when have two of the best players guaranteed you anything in the Big East? Like, I'd be really curious to you see. Need a squad. You need I'd be really curious to see if St. John's is able to put together an NCAA tournament resume because I feel like. With their non-con, they have to dominate in the Big East. I'm talking like they have to be like 12 and six. Well, that's not enough games, but they have to. Oh, be sorry, like, uh, 13. Now he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I think they got to be like 11. seven games clear of 500. With that non-con, 14 and six. That non-con. I think 13 and seven would do it because again, the Big East. Yeah, the, is, yeah, they're gonna have a lot of, yeah, perception. They're gonna have a lot of quality wins. But we're only talking about difference of a game there. 13 that's and seven, true, yeah. 14 and six. So, and then there's work in the Big East tournament yeah. still. I think at thirteen and seven, they can't lose the first game of the Big East tournament. How about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, is that a fair compromise. Yeah, I just okay. don't know if I'm getting it. Their non-con's horrible. Yeah. They got nothing. They got nothing to hang their hat on with that thing. You know, unless Colgate runs roughshod through their league, they got nothing to hold their hat. Yeah, on. I mean, honestly, the committee's probably not going to look at any of those results and no. not give any, any credit for any of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're we're at so we're at. You're at Georgetown Butler St. John's. I'm at Georgetown St. John's Butler. What are you at eight? Where's who's eight? Creighton. Creighton eight. Yeah. So, which is kind who of are, who are you like? What's your toss up here? This is the Creighton Marquette conundrum yeah, at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. It's Marquette one of those two. Just, 
I mean, Marquette, did you watch the UCLA game? I didn't. Okay. I feel like that would have been altered your perception. Yeah, I know. And I've seen that their metrics have dipped considerably since the start of the year. But, I mean, could Creighton go on the road and beat K-State? Mm, yeah. Maybe. I think Nebraska might be K-State, so that, <laughs> maybe that question will be answered yeah, in right, a right, couple right. few days. Maybe, maybe my, my um, perception is a little bit off on Marquette. I just feel like but, if you, if you And won, you know that Illinois is not as good as it, it was. It they didn't have Proven to be. Yeah, right. um, I don't think, but I don't Marquette think did Kofi, be, didn't I don't think like, Kofi mattered in that game. That, that was about Illinois. Oh, Marquette heating up Illinois' guard. Oh, yeah. Orange Andre Corbello was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Uh, but the beat Mar- Marquette beat, West Virginia on initial floor? Yeah, they beat West Virginia. I just think that they got a... They got enough like decent wins that their resume is better on Creighton, and so they yeah. prove them more. Yeah, because like you're, I mean, BYU is probably the best win of the two teams. But what's BYU without with all these after these all these injuries, right? Isn't that still yeah. a question? Probably, I think they're going to be fine eventually. But yeah, I think they'll figure it out. But like Creighton, who who was the team that Creighton played? Is it better than a win over West Virginia? And, I think, win, and it went over. Uh, I, I think BYU is probably the better win than West Virginia and uh, Illinois. Illinois, but they got or K State. Yeah, but they got Illinois, West Virginia, and at K State. Whereas after BYU, Creighton, you know, it's a pretty far drop before the next. one. I don't even know what the next best one is. I, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, Southern Illinois, I, mm. Brown. I, that yeah, like re- uh, resumes because this is power rankings, right? We're not doing who. Because I kind of feel like Creighton's a better team than Marquette, and it will show eventually. But right now, Marquette probably deserves to be ranked higher than them in the power yeah, rankings because that, of their resume. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, we just got to be fair shown, to what they've done. Yeah, yeah. Right. And honestly, that, like, game, I feel like that game's going to be tough for Creighton when they play. Those two games are going to be. You know, it's crazy because I'm not sure I agree with that because I think Marquette's, like, Philosophy is to create chaos. Are they too helter skelter? Yes, for you? Yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, can you exploit that with and a team that's really yeah. fast and athletic like yeah. Creighton is? Yeah, but I agree with you. I think Creighton has to be in the A spot just because Marquette's done more at this point. You know, so then we both have Marquette seven, right? Yeah. There's no one else who belongs there. Yeah. Okay. This is where it's going to get kind of this interesting. Is- <laughs> I feel like the bottom five was kind of easy, to, at least in a grouping sense, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think. Do you I feel think, like, the, like this? Because you know who we haven't listed yet, which is probably going to shock everybody. Like, wait the fuck a minute. You haven't talked about DePaul yet. Here's the thing about DePaul, man. I saw him play the best four minutes of basketball. And they I've also, seen they all were year. also right there with Loyola the whole. It was a good game. I know it was. And they, the Rutgers game was. The, that's what I'm talking about, the Rutgers game. Have you, did you watch the Louisville game at all, too? I didn't watch it. Because, boy, if you need to watch that, because you're going to love you some David Jones. That yeah. man went off. Yeah, did so, he drop like thirty or something? Thirty three on yeah. like he missed like five shots. I'm gonna put DePaul yeah, 33 six. And, and I, like yeah, this DePaul has to be six, right? Because unless you let, let's let, let's talk. Because who's your fifth place team? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think those top five teams are. I put separated. I, put I think they're. I think they're five, those five are. Now nothing's a lock in December, but they're NCAA tournament locks to me. As locky as you could get. Fuck, I'm, I've got something crazy in my head right now, and I'm. Don't know if I want to make the argument out of insanity just for to make you laugh or to be serious about this the rest of the way. But you got DePaul six. So let's 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 key that in. Tell me what you think of DePaul and why you did not include them in your bottom five. 
I just think they got playmaker. They got playmakers, scores. Um, they're they're pretty salty defensively. They they actually have more experience than you think because they added some transfers. Um, they got the new coach factor, so I think that they've got some like positive mojo, some like irrational confidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe, hey, we're brand new. Maybe it's just yeah. you know being naive. They for yeah. them, but like. They don't feel like they're DePaul anymore. And, yeah, they don't. That's the thing. It's like they can they can remove themselves from the stigma of who we used to be because mm-hmm. they got a new. They're opening up a new chapter now. That might all change. And like, you remember what was that? Quick, fast. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. The the they've had a couple nice starts to seasons. Yes. Um, and then the league play happens, and it's like no, 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 get get back down there. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't forget who you are. Right. Yeah. It feels a little different does feel a little different but we're gonna pay for that a little bit so here's where i we could i'm just i think i'm gonna do it because i kind of want you to you know call me an idiot without calling me an idiot um like (laughs) i think depaul deserves to be ahead of providence come on man hold up though what's providence's best win say it out loud at Wisconsin. Wisconsin did not have Johnny Davis. Right I know there. that. Yeah, that's that's a big yeah. omission right there, right? Yeah, like he's kind of like their go-to guy. Like yeah. I'm not sure Providence even like is within double digits if Johnny Davis plays that game. Yeah, nah, I'm pretty confident. I don't know about that. They they still are the same Providence team without just they just don't have David Duke, which has actually been a net positive, surprisingly. It's been a net really... positive because of their schedule. Yeah, I mean the the, the eighteen point loss. Remember, Virginia, they lost, Virginia's yeah, not. Know. You know what I mean? I know. They looked they looked real bad. Yeah, yeah. And Virginia's not lose. exactly like it's hard to lose by eighteen to Virginia. It is. They they see you're understanding my logic a little bit here. You're even painting the picture for me a little yeah. bit. Like you you picked up puzzle pieces all on your own. But DePaul and DePaul and I'm telling you, like that we saw DePaul Rutgers right, and you know Rutgers now is not some like walkover team, right? Well, I mean, when they're engaged, yeah, yeah, but I mean that was a fun, entertaining, punch for punch type of game, right? Yeah. They were engaged in that one, yeah. Um, and like Louisville's not, you know, a top twenty-five, maybe even a top fifty team this year, but that's not an easy place to win, no. And like I said, hey man, you might, and, I, and like I, I said, when you watch David Jones, like that's a tough ass matchup. He's gonna. If if that's a look at the, what he's doing this year, like he's he's averaging eighteen a game. He's a sophomore. Yeah, he might be the breakout player in the league. Like eighteen a game, he's shooting. I think he's shooting a healthy percentage from three, like thirty six percent or something like that. Yeah, thirty five. Like he's no joke. He was fifteen to twenty. He had fourteen rebounds. He had some. I mean, he had some like grown man shots. To win that game, I don't even remember Nick Genda. Nick Genda had eight points, nine boards, and eight blocks against Louisville. Man, you know what I'm saying? I remember. Like if someone could teach him, I if someone could him. teach him discipline with his athletic ability, I remember. Holy shit. I remember him. I don't remember David Jones last year. Like I don't either. That's why I'm blown away. That's why I was blown away. I was like, who the who the fuck is that? You know, I was like, he was going off. I was like, okay, yeah. that's a dude right there. You know, and then so. We've mentioned two players, and Javon Freeman Liberty hasn't been one of them, and that's yeah. like their go-to He's guy. Been awesome. He's so, been like, awesome. I, I kind of like me some DePaul right now. It just just tastes good going down at the moment. So, I think I'm gonna put Providence six because, okay. like, like I said, we we just got done talking about the Creighton Marquette thing is about resume, not you know who beats who head to head, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Providence might 
end up being a better team than DePaul, but I think DePaul's done more to at this point. Okay, that's fair. So I, I to, probably have. So I have DePaul five then, because I'm not I'm not giving him any more credit than that. Who do you have five? Man, I, so before we had this conversation, I had Xavier at five. Hmm. Interesting. Man, that Ohio State win without Fremantle is that's nice. Arguably the best win in the league. Uh, is it? How do you feel about Tennessee? No, but Seton Hall beating Texas. Who else beat? Right. Uh, Texas Minnesota. hasn't beaten anybody, that's man. True, true, they haven't. Uh, Texas has only beaten garbage. Like they're nothing to me yet. <laughs> nothing. Um. Yeah, home. That's a home win. I don't know, man. They. Yeah, I'm not telling you to put Seton Hall for. I'm just saying, like, I think Xavier's win over Ohio State without Fremantle is the best win in the league. Ohio State beat freaking Duke. Yeah, at home though. And they kicked Wisconsin's ass. They they did. Dude, they did. Said, yeah, you I know. know. With Johnny Prov- Davis, Providence. they kicked their ass. I got to put Providence at five. Okay. That's, I feel like that's where they belong, if not below DePaul, <laughs> you know, as we just discussed. <laughs> and you got DePaul at five. I do. I got Xavier at four. Okay. Hmm. So who's left? It's Villanova, UConn, Seton Hall, Xavier, right? That's right. Seton Hall's Xavier beat Ohio State. Seton Hall lost to Ohio State. Seton Hall beat Michigan on the road. Michigan's okay. Mm, yeah, maybe. And they're not great like they like everybody expected them to be, right? Um, Seton Hall beat Texas at home, beat Rutgers at home pretty comfortably. Yeah. Texas was a toss-up game. Has Seton Hall lost yet? Ohio State. That's, Ohio State. That's, that's only lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a one-possession game, right? Ohio State hit yeah. a three late. It was a, yeah, it was a crazy, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and Xavier's lost one game as the Iowa State, right? Xavier lost to Iowa State. That's correct. Yeah. I think they deserve Man, to be... I think they deserve... Yeah. I think they deserve to be above Seton Hall. I'm gonna care, I'm gonna like weight that Ohio State win without Fremantle pretty heavily. Man, so I'm gonna go Seton Hall because yes, yeah, because I just don't know if Michigan's um, an elite team this year, and I kind of I'd like, and to. I'm pretty sure Seton, I'm pretty sure Ohio State is, and that result would went, went like, to Xavier, went to a shorthanded Xavier. And I'd like to, I'd like Seton to make Hall. a change. Do you want to finish your list first, or does it? Does no, it, oh, I'm it's just saying it's my number three here. used to be Xavier, and it's not anymore. It's Nova. <laughs> Proceed, sir. <laughs> oh wait, that was my number four, right? Your number that four. Your number, number four, four was Nova. Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, my number four is Nova. They got a nice win against Tennessee, but like, what that have they done? Be, that would be hotter take than my DePaul top five. Yeah, I got Nova. I got Nova. Nova at four. four. Crossing out Xavier. I got Nova at four. That's, you know what? I hadn't even considered them in that spot, but now now I have to like weigh Nova versus Seton Hall since I put Seton Hall. I know as, as we're talking about what these teams have done, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dang man, Nova. So Nova has not- Nova's got the the loss to Purdue. What it's like an eight point loss. It was a that? it was a game yeah. down the stretch. You know, Purdue yeah. made a run right. to kind of stretch the lead a little bit, but and then and they were right there with UCLA on the road in a hostile environment. Could have won it at the end. Yeah, yeah, in the regulation. Um, and then they you know got crushed by Baylor, smacked by Baylor, but Baylor hasn't lost to anybody yet. So interesting. The thing that like throws me off about UCLA 
is they just got murdered by Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's not like, you know, they've looked a little beatable in the right matchup. Yeah. So, like, losing to UCLA isn't quite the, oh, well, it's all right type of, like, you you know, it's not a game you should win or should lose. Like, it's, yeah. you know, if you execute whatever. Nova Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. So what's Seton Hall's best win at Michigan? Yeah, or, probably, or, or I guess if you think Texas is <laughs> what everybody says they are. Yeah. Um, and then... Or just, like, the fact that Seton Hall's just been incredibly solid. Yeah. You know, like... It almost comes just, down to, like, who we think is built better, don't we? Because their resume is almost... Without they're almost, question, Seton built better. The resumes almost could be a wash, right? Yeah. Is that even a question, though? Like, they have playmakers. Seton Hall has playmakers all over the place. Jared Roden versus... Jermaine Samuels, Bryce Aiken versus Colin Gillespie, Miles Kale versus Justin Moore. And don't forget about Richmond. Could argue with Richmond. Why should I? Oh, okay. You don't like him? Mm. Yeah, he's pretty good. They got some. They got some stuff inside too that can. Yeah, I'll be change obvious. games. Oh, yeah, I'll be he's better. He's he's hurt now. But yeah, he's hurt now. Yeah, but we can't hold that against them because they've won without him so far. So. Ooh. I don't know. I got Nova at four. I don't think I'm going to do that, but I, but you know what? I respect it. I respect yeah, it. Yeah. And I got Xavier. And I, and I, I think got, I'm going to put Xavier ahead of them. I got Xavier I, at three. I respect it so much, I'm going to put Nova at three. I got Xavier at three. You got, so you got Nova at three, Xavier at two? Yeah, I, at? yeah I have Xavier at Oh, my God, you got UConn at one? I mean, fucking they look, they're just so talented, dude. <laughs> I don't want to put him there, but kind of. I mean, I got UConn at two. Process of elimination. I I I got UConn at two and Seton Hall at one. Seton Hall is your best team in the league. Yeah, right now. Let me. I just want to write this down so I can see how it looks and so I can justify the whole picture. Hmm. UConn's uh, health issues kind of scare me because it it makes very much so. It makes me wonder if like it's going to be. They're going to be without guys. I love that win over Auburn, Auburn, though. I think Auburn's really good. You like Auburn? Okay. Yeah. Like, I think if I were to rank wins this year, um, like Nova's best win is Tennessee, right? Yeah. Xavier's best win is Ohio State. Seton Hall's best win is either Michigan Michigan slash Texas. Uh, UConn's win over Auburn. Maybe that's the best. UConn's win over Auburn is better. I think UConn's win over Auburn is better than Nova's win over Tennessee. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think their win over St. Bonaventure is really, really good, too. And especially since they did it shorthanded, it tells me that they're pretty salty. Um, Yeah, I think think UConn's wins over St. Bonaventure, Auburn... And what? One possession loss to Michigan State, right? Yeah. Late? Yeah. That's lost to West Virginia on the road. Lost West Virginia, one possession game. Missing RJ some people, Cole. right? They were missing. Yeah, people. they were. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were missing Sonogo and uh, Martin. Yeah, like two starters basically. So. And you could argue RJ Cole got fouled on that three at the end yeah. of the game too. So, yeah, I think UConn. Yeah, I feel good about power rankings right now. UConn won. I feel good about that. I feel good. I think I'm a I don't call, love I'm putting, a I don't love putting right Nova at three, but based on what they've done so far, I feel like that's yeah. fine. I, 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 got, I got Providence it. beating UConn this week. Interesting. 
This, if they're going to do it, this is the weekend. Yeah, they got to do it. You got to beat them without Sonogo. Yeah, right. Because you're not beating them with Sonogo. Um, it's going to be a fun year in the league. I, yeah. How many how many tournament teams do you think you got? we got in here? Good question. It looks like six with the possibility of seven. You know what's crazy about us saying six is where we both included DePaul in our top six. <laughs> so we're basically saying if that's how it – well, if they don't make it, somebody's going to take their spot. True. Because all of a sudden they'll use – by beating DePaul, it'll boost Cause we, else's cause, resume. Because we kind of think there are tiers, right? Like, we agree no one below five belongs in the top four. We can make – that no one in the, in, the top, in the below five could make it or from five down could argue to be in the top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a tier, right? Yeah, we, that bottom five, though, is like, you know – it's Marquette, Creighton, St. John's, Butler, Georgetown. Not a lot of difference between those teams. Maybe you could, because of what Georgetown's done. Well, the bottom to- six. Because we, we, have, we have DePaul and Providence transposed. So we, we, we think the bottom six is kind of I know, but uh, don't, you messy. Think, don't you think that DePaul and Providence have kind of separated themselves from those other five? That's yes. what we, yeah, but they're still DePaul and Providence. We're talking about how that shakes out now. Okay. You're not asking about power rankings. Yeah, no, no, right. Yeah, so we we, 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 we agree it would be it would be surprising if any of these bottom six teams end up in the top four. Bottom seven, because you're including DePaul and Providence. One, two, three, oh, yeah, seven, yes. Any of the bottom seven end up in the top four. Which one wouldn't surprise you? Providence. I agree. They would not surprise me. Anyone else would probably surprise me. Even Butler, as much as I loved him going into the season, would surprise me. Yeah, anybody else, though, I would, I would be surprised. And that's funny, too, because we both just said St. John's doesn't belong in the top four. It would surprise us. We just said that. If they got up there. Yeah. Now that we've seen them. True. It, it would surprise us. No. So we basically say we basically agreed that St. John's with two of the best players in the league don't belong in the top four. Right. But here's the thing. It's like, as you mentioned with Providence a couple years ago, it is possible for somebody in that grouping mm-hmm. to jump up. Yeah. Like, like Creighton, the year that Creighton shared the title mm-hmm. at the start of Big East play, I don't think that I would have had Creighton in the top four of that league. Maybe. I don't yeah, think so, Yeah, I'd, I'd have to think back to how that – Because at that time, I was thinking that Creighton was on the, uh, on the bubble, the NCAA tournament bubble going mm-hmm. into the league play, mm-hmm. the year they won it. I mean, even they started the year two and three in Big East play. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, well, you know. I think, this, I, really, I, think I really liked Xavier that year, and I think I really liked um, Butler after non-con. Because their only loss was a one point loss at Baylor, so I think at this point where we were talking about this conversation, I think I liked Butler a lot. I liked Xavier a lot. Yeah, I didn't love Seton Hall. Um, well, Miles Powell was kind of like, yeah, still, he had a he bum was, ankle. Yeah, it was the question of like who who was it going to be? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So no, I'm with you. Creighton won the league without being a consensus upper tier team. Going into it. Yeah. At yeah. this point. At this point. Yeah. So not just going into it after, like, a sample. That's true. Just, yeah. That's true. So, is this, so, okay, all right, so here's a fun question then. Like, does anybody have a chance to do what Creighton – because Creighton didn't just win the – like, tied for the league. They didn't, like, scoot in there. They were the one seed. Yeah, yeah. So does anybody in this bottom seven have potential to get the one seed going to MSG? I'm going to say no. It doesn't feel like it. I'm going to say no. I don't feel like Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to leave off. I can't wait for Biggie's play, man. It's going to be so it feels fun. Like a, it feels like a, like a real season. 
feel like the real season's about to start. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's and it's gonna be tough for Creighton. Like I I think that the Jays are gonna have a lot of yeah. ups and downs in league play, but if they can uh, you know, just cut down the turnovers a little bit. Mm-hmm. They got the they got that defense thing squared away. They gotta cut down the turnovers a little bit and get some confidence with their jump shots. They'll be okay. But they'll, as we, they'll as, be in a position to as make we it. said, there's gonna be like you know, at this point, who would you? How many losses would you predict your your regular season champion to have? Mm. At this point, how many? Think they, how many think they end yeah, up? Yeah, like six, maybe. Right. So we. So it's going to be a. Like it's going to be a tough league. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to eat itself a little bit. You know. It will. It might only end up with four teams in the tournament because of how tough it's going to be. There well, might not be enough enough meat on the bone for some teams to maybe get, like get you know. I mean, it depends on how the rest of the leagues go. The ACC is yeah. going to have a tough time getting three right now. No, Pac-12 um, not looking great. Yeah, SEC at the top is good, but the bottom is. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, the SEC at the top doesn't look all that good because Kentucky hasn't really done anything yet. So, but you like Auburn. I like Auburn, Tennessee. Bama did lose to Memphis, but yeah. Bama's good. So that's they got three. Three. That's, that's three. And that's then three. Florida, Florida and Kentucky Florida. are kind of in the same. Group yeah, Florida. Florida. I don't even know what Florida is. Right. Um. I mean, right. yeah, yeah, and then I don't even know who to love out of the Pac-12. Arizona, that's it. That's all I love. Yeah, UCLA is I know. I don't love UCLA, though, but they, they are pretty good. Anyway, it's going to be fun, yeah. and I feel like uh, I, I, it's the biggest is better than I expected, so that makes it even more intriguing because, you know, every weekend there's going to be some mm-hmm. – Ridiculous results. Twenty game slate. I know. <sighs> Welcome back, UConn. That's just fun to have twenty of these games. It's gonna be a war zone. <laughs> Creighton gets Nova twice in the first five. Yeah. So basically, their first quarter of games, they get Nova twice. It, it kind of, yeah. And then what? UConn and Seton Hall in the twice in the in the back end. Right. Right. Each. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but they got like they start, and it, it it stinks a little bit because you got Marquette and DePaul early, who are kind of, you know, they're not at that top four level, and Georgetown's at home. But those Marquette and DePaul are in the road, and mm-hmm. suddenly, like those are. Creighton is working on trying to figure out who it is, and you know, working through growing pains. It's probably not like in the locker room. They're not talking a lot about the NCAA tournament, is my guess. So the coaches aren't bringing it up, but. Those are big games in terms of like building a resume because those teams don't want to drop them at home. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll feel like you can't drop home games because it's going to be so tough to win. Yeah, on the road. So like the Paul Marquette, all those games between, um, you know, the top half of the conference obviously intriguing. You get Providence, UConn right off the bat, but every game with those mid tier teams that are fighting to. Stay on the NCAA tournament bubble. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be good games. Yeah, for sure. Because you can argue that every that was the cool thing about 2020 is every single team going into Big East play had a legit NCAA tournament resume. Everyone had picked up quality wins in non-conference, except for maybe not Providence. Not Providence. Providence. There's no, yeah, that's that's so a ridiculous. Everyone, thing. everyone except Providence. <laughs> okay. But Providence ended up getting it. I know. So, that's like, the weird this, part. Yeah, this, yeah. Year, this year, mm-hmm. I think everybody except for Butler, Georgetown, Butler, Georgetown probably St. John's. John's. Um, yeah. I mean, but like 
Because what is that? What are we at? No, because that's still only eight. That's a little high. There's Do one you, other team that doesn't belong yet. Well, you don't think – so Marquette maybe – I don't know. I feel like Marquette's on the bubble. And, okay. and I feel like Creighton's on the, Creighton's on the bubble. Like if the, if, the, if the selection show was tomorrow, you'd be like, okay, those teams are on the bubble. Or if it was in uh, two weeks or like we're going into the Big East tournament, you'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. Marquette and Creighton, if they both get a win – you know, but maybe they're in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's. Okay. I think you got eight teams right now that are like. Okay. I mean, St. John certainly feels like they should be an. NCAA. They like. They, I'm sure in their, those guys feel they like were they expected to be. They yeah, just they haven't just, done it yet. Right. They didn't give themselves any opportunities to, to do it. There's nothing to stand on yet for them. So yeah, that's that sounds right. That's a, lot, that's a lot of teams. That's a, lot, that's a that. major percentage of the conference that's like. Yeah. And there, But there's not that many spots. And that's one of the best years of the league. It's up there with. You talking about 2020? Yeah. Or, no, that, yeah. That's, but I guess what I'm saying this year is like, if we're talking about eight or nine teams that think that they want to get to the NCAA tournament, but there's only like six spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're in that six. 70 to 80% range of your team that you've. I mean, a conference where you feel like they're in the conversation. That's yeah. a really strong league. Right, right. And it's going to lend it. Like, the, the way it plays out is there's going to be, like, a team. Uh, the, even the winner is going to have a tough time separating until, like, the final stretch. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2020 was – it might have been the best that the Big East was. Because they had three they had potential three, Final Four yeah, teams. Yeah. yeah. It hadn't been that good at the top. Now, that year in 2016. 17? What year did Xavier win the title? 2018. The regular um, season title? Because they were a one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nova, 17, 18, Nova was the and Nova Nova and Xavier the title. were both one seeds. Nova had one of the best teams ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, that was a pretty good – because, you know, Creighton was – I don't know. Seton Hall had a really good team that year too. Didn't they have all the, the, the four seniors that year? Was that the year they played Kansas? I think so. They, they, I'm pretty sure. was that the year they played Wofford? No, Wofford was eighteen nineteen. Okay, yeah. So that must it have, was the year before they were. Must have been the year they played Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen eighteen was. I mean, Desi, Kadeen, yeah. Angel Delgado, all those guys were seniors that year. That was a pretty tough group too. So that was, that was a tough. That was a good year for the Big East. Yes, that might have been the best year for the Big East since the. The only thing is, is that it was kind of a little bit of a drop off after Villanova and Xavier, like. Mm-hmm. And in the NCAA tournament, nobody made a run except for Nova, right? Like, Xavier got upended in the second round. Creighton lost in the first round. Seton Hall lost Didn't in the Xavier second Didn't Xavier get pasted by Florida, Florida State? Florida State, yeah, they got bad, bad. Did Butler make a run to Sweet 16? No, year? Butler was good that year. They went to Sweet 16. They lost to North Carolina. No, that was the year they lost to Purdue. Was it? Mm-hmm. 2018. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, it didn't necessarily Are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked up. Don't I thought – who – no – yeah, in twenty eight. Butler beat like Arkansas in the second round. We went and then we went out and watched Virginia get loose at the West one seed. Remember? Um, they didn't. They made the Sweet Sixteen that year. Butler made the Sweet Sixteen in twenty seventeen. Oh, they did. That's 20, when they lost to Carolina. That's when they lost to Carolina. Oh, okay. Twenty eighteen, they played Purdue in the second round. In the second round. Oh, okay, all right. So that was beat Val- Arkansas. That was they Val- beat Arkansas. They just okay, lost okay. it. They just lost it. So that was the Val Jordan's first year, then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was the year after Holtman left. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is a good wrap-up. Good way to wrap-up. Got anything in the hopper for people? Anything to tease? Man, it's... Villanova's coming out of this big east. We got plenty of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Creighton's women's got a tough game against South Dakota. Oh, yeah. That's on a good Thursday. Challenge. Yeah. 
So yeah, go to Omaha.com. Subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already. Buy a newspaper as well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, John's going to have a bunch of post-game um, reaction to this one and then get you ready for Villanova. And, uh, yeah, the women got an important week because they have, what, they're going to have three games in six days, won't they? Thursday, Saturday. You're about Creighton? Tuesday. The men? The women. Oh, the women. They play Thursday? They play Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, I think. Oh, wow. Right? Don't they? They really pack these in because, like, the Creighton men are playing four times in nine days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the yeah, Creighton men play Villanova Friday and then DePaul on, on the road on Monday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so the women have South Dakota at home on Thursday. Then they're at Providence on Sunday. And then they're at... Arkansas on Tuesday and then they ah. get their Christmas break that's going to be a pivotal stretch for them it'll tell you whether they're attorney team going into the into know, Christmas going into the yeah going into Christmas or not with nothing but biggies play in front of them also I don't I mean I don't know if people saw this but uh, Paige Becker's original timeline for UConn was six to eight weeks but she had surgery today to repair the uh Fracture and um, a meniscus tear. So now the eight-week window resets. So it puts her recovery around Valentine's Day. So she'll miss both games against Creighton um, within that timeline. And honestly, she'll miss all of UConn's, like, tough, like the toughest part of their Big East slate and their whole non-con. So this might be a really weird year for the women. Like, if there's, like, you know... They they look um, disjointed, iffy offensively right now. They're really they're going to be really good defensively still. They still have a lot of length. Their posts are still very good, but in terms of guard depth, it's an issue. You know, Az Fudd's still out. Nika Mule's still out. Um, they just had a second transfer, <laughs> midseason transfer. That's the second one that has left the team midseason. So that they're not, you know firing on all cylinders. They might only be firing on one, you know? Right, right. So if UConn's vulnerable, that's like, that's that's as vulnerable as they might look for a minute, you know? So, I, you know, and DePaul looks really good. They won at Kentucky. Um, you know, and Creighton's putting together a good stretch here. And, you know, if they can win two out of the next three, they feel good about themselves going into that yeah. stretch, and who knows what happens, right? Man, I can't believe they're going Providence on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Arkansas on Tuesday, both on yeah. the road. It's on the road. Tough. It is tough because Providence has been playing a lot better. Yeah. But they have, you know, they just beat Quinnipiac last weekend. They're, they're decent. So that's not an easy stretch for them. Like, Prov- like you probably think, you'd probably think look, lining that up that Providence was a gimme. It's not, you know. So, especially because they beat, they beat Creighton at home last year, or in Omaha last year. So, yeah, that's an interesting stretch for the J, for both the men and women. So, uh, make sure you're following Omaha.com and then White and Blue Review for all of your coverage leading into that. I'm going to try to get a Carly Bachelor story done by Thursday, but now that I said that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I'm going to put that deadline on myself. So if I don't make it happen for you guys, I apologize, but I'm going to try. She's been playing really well. I know. I actually have that in my uh, – Oh, you got some too? On my list too. Of, okay. we got our – Write a little bit about Carly Batcher. Yeah, she's, she's been doing really well. She's had, she's there's had like, you know, this is the thing about this women's team is like there's a lot of players who 
have like just had their fingerprints in different ways on their success so far. So it's like there's a, this is going to be a fun team to cover because I think there's a lot of good stories on this roster. Yeah, and, and it just feels good to be back in the arena to talk to them again and to and, put on like get and, those and they're kind of they're kind of young too. So mm-hmm. like the fact that I think they're going to get better as the year goes on too. So. Yeah, for sure. All right, so follow you know who to follow for every all the coverage. Uh, I appreciate John. Man, we for, talked a lot about the Big East today. But, yeah, which I kind of felt like we were going to. But I haven't yeah, had we much did, yeah. Big East talk yet. We got to get you good. on. Me and, me and Jordan need to have you on because that's what we get. We, we like empty our Big East takes out on Sunday night. Basically, they we, do. we figured out it's like a sweet spot in the schedule every week. Yeah, to just hop on Zoom at like seven o'clock on Sunday night and, and just go. Yeah, there's usually maybe one straggler game left. Are, are there Big East podcasts? Like, I, if, yeah, I, no, if I want to go find some Big East content, like who's we should producing to, that stuff? We should probably try to compile a list, right? There's got to be some. Like UConn's got like Husker level coverage. They have That's to. True. Have, yeah, they've got some. They've got some. I know. Yeah, they have a Chasing Perfection podcast that uh, Megan Gower, I think is how you say her name, and Daniel Dan, Daniel Connolly do. That's pretty. I mean, it's UConn centric, so yeah, it's not really Big East centric. So I don't know if that qualifies, but yeah, I don't know how many Big East podcasts there are. That's a good question. Like Fanta brings it; he he'll cover the yeah. league pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, start one. It feels like there's just so many good storylines that yeah, you can have a lot of fun. And you with have it. great takes. Uh, I don't know about that. That's why I keep having you on. Oh. To extract them into, <laughs> in, into the into the space. Right. Well, I don't. What know. would you name your podcast if you had it right now? Oh, that's it? really tough, isn't it? Is that always the hardest part? Yeah. Like what sounds too goofy or just right? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any good ideas right now. That's coming to me. No, because it because it, it part of me is like should you would want to give a nod to the old biggies, but you can't. Because it, it's, it's the new Big East now, so. Mm. Can't name it after a person, because that person, it won't, you know, maybe maybe Jay Wright coaches the Sixers in two years, even though he says he's never going to do it. Oh, know? I see what you yeah, okay. So you can't. Mm. I don't know. Well, it's always good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah good Whether, to talk whether to you we're recording or not. And I know the fans love the takes, so I appreciate your time. It's been a good, solid two hours. That should get everybody ready for Villanova, though. We, got, we, got a little we should put disclaimers on these before, like, be like, hey, look. You always put it on the <laughs> We need a halftime. Yeah, like, we, we should. We always say this at the end of a long one. Right. It's like, hey, by the way, when you're going back, oops, wait, that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You should have been like, okay, hey, can you go back and edit it? Just I, let I it mean, I'm not much. I, I would just, screw the whole thing yeah, up if so. I tried. Um, but I, we do have those capabilities. I just would have to note them. Yeah. But mm. I don't know. Not worth it. I don't think it if, is. If you made it to the end, congrats. Yeah. No, Appreciate that's you. What, that's, what, that's why you give people congr- cookie, like little fake cookies at the end for making it all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. We should we should have saved like the hottest tape that we could come up with. I, I, think, our, I, think, our, I think our hottest take happens like at 90 minutes in, right, when we talk about DePaul. <laughs> so, yeah, like if we, when we tease the podcast, we'll be like, if you stick around to the 90-ish minute mark <laughs> – we might shock you. Yeah, so there's a little tease there. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's a good time. to Let's wrap it up. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate that always. I know I've thrown a lot of podcasts into the atmosphere, but always appreciate you guys listening. Thank you, John, for your time. Yep. We'll talk to everybody after 
on Friday after Villanova. Have a good week.